welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown, which is me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at SidK80. Once again, at SidK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Oscar McGee on the IG. You can catch this show, Second City Sports, first on YouTube at War Media every Monday and Friday. Once again, you can catch Second City Sports right here on YouTube at WARR Media every Monday and Friday. Our podcast schedule is still the same. You can catch our audio version of this program, Second City Sports, courtesy of War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and the iHeartRadio app is available on all podcast platforms. Make sure you type in that search engine box, W-A-R-R on Anchor. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L radio.com. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Say that five times fast. <laughs> Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And we are unapologetically fun, but Lakina, since we are broadcasting live from Chicago, we had to start off with some bad news. So let's go to the north side of town. The Chicago Cubs are currently 6-9 and nine on the season, and they are in fifth place in the NL Central after dropping two or three games to the Atlanta Braves over the weekend at the friendly confines. Friday's loss was ugly. They lost 5-2. to two. They had a chance to come back in that one. They rebounded on Saturday with the 13-4 win, taking advantage of bad pitching from the Braves. But Sunday night's uh, showing in front of a national audience was not good as uh, they would lose 13-4. Kyle Hendricks did not look good. Lakina, uh, giving up four uh, first inning home runs <laughs> in the offense. They tried to bounce back, but... It just didn't happen. Lakina, as we break down this series, now, as I said before the season uh, uh, kicked off, Kyle Hendricks, I know he had a bad performance on opening day, but he just hasn't looked good so far this year. I think he could turn it around, but if this is the Kyle Hendricks, I think that we're going to see for the rest of the season. This Cubs team is in more trouble than, than we – then we give it credit for it. Now, I'm not going to put all the pressure on Kyle Hendricks. I know he's the quote-unquote ace of the staff. But if, we, if, we, if, if the Cubs could get at least an average or slightly above average Kyle Hendricks, they were okay. But this is what we're going to see from him for the rest of the year. This Cubs team is in trouble. Yes, they have other issues that we'll get into as we go along here. But looking at that um, part of that game on Sunday, Sunday night, uh, it just wasn't good. Yes, yeah, look, he, he admitted that, you know, August is not, I mean, April, I should say, is not the best start, best month for him, you know, the first, first part of the season. He's, mm-hmm. like, he's been very open about that, but, like, he gave up four runs, four home runs in in that game on Sunday against the Braves. He's the first pitcher to do that, Cubs pitcher to do that, and he's the ninth in MLB history to allow that in the first inning, so probably not the kind of stat that he wants to be you know a part of you know the trivia question that that's not definitely not what you want to do and, and look I think look this this pitching staff is you know goes as everything else you know area has mm-hmm. been has been pretty decent he's really been your best pitcher for the Cubs and look mm-hmm. Hendricks who's been supposed to be your number one guy has had his struggles early on 
I mean, look, this, this team itself is sort of baffling. You know, they, they scored 13 runs on Saturday. You're like, okay, who are these guys? And they go right back to being who exactly what they are. They give up 13 runs on a nationally televised game. So I, I, you know, the, the team is just baffling all the way around. And look, he, you know, they give up 14 hits to pitching. And unfortunately, look, you know, the Cubs had 10 hits, but you know, it wasn't enough because they were spot like six or seven runs up Braves were. So unfortunately, you know, they weren't able to overcome that, that, you know, that, that bad start by Hendricks. But unfortunately, I don't know what to say at this point, Sid. I mean, this is sort of who they are. And like I said, the only good news for the Cubs is that the rest of the division has not been very good. So that's probably like the only sort of, you know, mulligan that the Cubs have. But they need to sort of, you know, like we said before, you can't lose the division in April, win a division in April, but you can easily lose it in April. So I think if you're if you're the Cubs, you want to try to finish strong and, you know, have everybody be cohesive, both your pitching and your hitting. Your, your pitching can't be have a really good outing, but yet your, your offense doesn't show up. You can't have, you know, your offense, but then your pitch has to back you up. So it all has to be cohesive. That's been that's been the problem for the Cubs so far. You just touched on something that Cal, Cal not Cal Schwarber, good grief, Cal Hendricks said uh, just a moment ago that you quoted. He says that in, historically in April he struggles, and I kept hearing that uh, the Cubs usually struggle in April. Okay, and it's early. How long can you use that excuse? And I know they have a tough schedule coming up. I know they start uh, with the Mets at home coming up on Tuesday, mm-hmm. which is today if you're listening on, via the podcast. Mm-hmm. But how long can you use that excuse and how long can you say uh, this office is going to come around when the weather heats up or, or something along those lines? I, and, and how long can you use the excuse that the NL Central is mediocre at best? How long can you re- uh, rely on that? You had to go out and do your job. Uh, the only thing you can control is you. And so you cannot worry about the other teams in your division. Like you say, you can't lose, cannot win the division at April, but you can lose it as well. And as I said last, uh, last episode last week, uh, coming off of that Milwaukee series, looks like this team is cracking. I know we're barely two and a half weeks into the season, but uh, from the frustrations that we saw from this Cubs team in that Milwaukee series, it looks like this team is um, cracking. And, and that's early, and we're barely in the third week of the season, and that's a problem. Uh, I, I agree with you in this. The, this is who the Cubs are, and I said this uh, time and time again. If you're a home run hitting team, you're going to lose more than you win. And, and, we, and we saw the Cubs often struggle over the weekend with the exception of Saturday's win. If you're a home run hitting team, you're going to cool off more times than you heat up. And as I said before, the, uh, ever since they won the World Series now five seasons ago, this team cannot create runs. You're not aggressive on the base pass. You don't have any base stealers. I understand that, that the game of baseball has changed uh, uh, over the last several years. I get that. But you still got to win with the fundamentals. That's never going to change. And that's something that the Cubs haven't had since the World Series title five years ago. Which is unfortunate, I think, not have, I know, letting Dexter Fowler go, I think, right after that World Series, I think that 
they never really were able to find an answer for him as a lead, in the leadoff spot. And I think that's what kind of started that downward spiral. And look, Baez hasn't been playing, hasn't been hitting very well. Contreras, you know, he's had a couple of home runs over the over that series against the Braves. That helps a lot. Rizzo, Rizzo has been you know, doing pretty well. KB's kind of been, you know, on and off. Hayward has been mm-hmm. sort of uh, up and down too. So you, you can't really afford your guys to be fluctuating. And, and, and look, like, like I said, I mean, they're, they're in last place right now. They actually have a better, after this recording, they actually have a better record than the Yankees. We'll get to them in a, in a little bit. But <laughs> it, it's sort of like, I mean, it, look, at, at this point, I, I really don't know. I really don't have an answer. I mean, unfortunately, this is sort of what this team is. And look, I'm, I'm hoping that they can get it together. But I, again, you know, Contreras is leaning your team in both batting average and home runs. And as well as on um, base percentage, which that and that's that's good. But again, you know, yes, Baez has you know has you know RBIs that that leads the team. But again, where are Jock Peterson? You know, what happened to that Jock Peterson we saw in spring training? Um, Ian Happ, he's had his struggles, and you know, but, but you know, other than those guys, I mean, what are your you know your also your rotation guys? I mean, it, it, you know, Jake Arrieta has had you know has been pretty solid so far. Not the Jake Arrieta we saw a few years ago when he was pitching here, pushing for the Cubs, but look, he's been pretty solid. And then, look, Hendricks has been awful. I'm sure he'll he look. He said it guess on on Sunday night after the you know, in the, at the presser after the game. And look, you need to sort of everyone needs to sort of step up. I mean, you can have all the team means, you can have all that stuff, but you get but you need to produce on the field. And I'm tired of gonna I'm gonna be tired of having this conversation by the end of the month if they can't get get it together. And you know we'll, we'll mm-hmm. see, but. I think at this point, I'm, I'm not, look, I'm not freaking out yet, but yeah. it's, it's, I don't know what else you can say. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Cindy Browns. We talk about the Chicago Cubs and their early struggles to start the 2021 season. They are currently six and nine and in last place in the NL Central. Lakina, listen to these statistics. Um, from from the loss on Sunday night against the Braves. Seven strikeouts total for Cubs batters. They struck out seven times. Ian Happ struck out twice. Javi Baez struck out twice. Jason Hayward once. David Bodie once. And, of course, Wilson Contreras once. Lakina, as I just said a few moments ago, you had to be aggressive, but this the kind of stats that I just read out to you, this is what happens to a home run hitting team. You hit a home run, it's all or nothing. And you had to be aggressive on the base paths. You had to first get on. You had to be patient, just like the White Sox. We'll get to them in just a moment. But you had to be patient, be selective with your pitches at the plate. You have to draw walks, and that's how you create runs that way, hit and run, steal bases, uh, things along that line. I'm just not seeing this from this Cubs team. It's, It's just not a 2021 problem. It's been a problem for the last three or four years. And you wonder what it, you know, what is it? Is it the personnel? Is it that look? It's not the hitting coaches. I mean, we've seen it. You know, guys, you know, take the fall. But it turns out that maybe it was the hitting coaches. Maybe it was the players themselves. Maybe a lot of those guys peaked, or you know, maybe you know these guys just aren't good enough anymore. Some of them. I mean, I, I just don't know. And and I think unfortunately, as the season goes on, we'll maybe we'll have our answers. But again, I, I just think at this point, we just we still don't know. And. And look, one team that seems to be doing pretty well with with the with the bases, but unfortunately, it's been again not it's not as bad, but it's sort of like the you know, the co- lack of cohesiveness. And that's the Chicago White Sox. They split their series against the Red Sox, and you know they they swept the doubleheader, which was supposed to have been played on Friday, but because of the Northeaster that that fell in New England, in New England, 
excuse me, they, they were able to push the game back, but they were able to sweep both those games on Saturday. They lost both Friday and Monday's game, yesterday's games, I should say. So, Sid, what, what, what's your synopsis on probably uh, another team that's had, that's had a really fast start in the Red Sox? What do you think about this series with the White Sox? Uh, besides, you could throw Monday's game out the window, the Patriots' day game. Uh, G. Alito did not look good. He got pulled in the first inning. Not a morning and, person, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, none of those uh, players are. But with that being said, that you just throw that game in the, in, in the trash. It, it happens, but it shouldn't happen too many times with this team. But Saturday's game, you had a chance to take Lakina. Uh, it was just a bad eighth inning as the Red Sox scored four runs in that inning, including a um, including a home run by Marvin Gonzalez. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Xander Bogarts had a good day with, um, with four hits and two RBI. But I kind of expected the White Sox to take at least two games in this series. They did that. You should be happy now. You start Starting tonight, you're going to have an important three-game series in Cleveland. Of course, you split with them here in Chicago last week on the south side. Hope you could take two or three there. But I think a couple of things that – the Sox fans should take out of the series against Boston. Michael Kopech looked great yeah, in his emergency start on Sunday in that second game. Oh, he was impressive. I know they had him on the pitch count. Yeah. You know, it was a seven-inning short game. They had him on the pitch count. He did good. And so uh, you had to be encouraged there. Johan Makata, number two, he's starting to come around. We talked about him last week. Looks like he's starting to come around. He had a couple of big RBI in that Cleveland series. Mm-hmm. He had it again uh, last weekend in Boston. So those two players uh, that needed to step up, in my opinion, over the weekend, they did just that. Yeah, and I think that's what you want, right? I mean, Mercedes, you know, is doing Mercedes things. And, you know, he yes, just had another it. big home run on Sunday. The Yamanator. Yeah. Look, he got to get on that bandwagon. The Yamanator. Oh, oh, look, I'm already <laughs> on it. And, and, and look, I, I think he's been sort of the guy that's kind of kept this team sort of, I don't want to say afloat, but they sort of, you know, imagine if he, you know, wasn't there or he wasn't producing. I mean, some of these losses that they've had, they've been probably would have been blowouts. So, you know, thank God for Mercedes. But to me, though, like I said, the, the pitching, the pitch, like I said, the pitching, the middle relief, you know, those, that's been the thing that I've said that we said to the various guests we've had on. The middle relief is definitely something that's going to be a concern for this team. You know, Hoy- Hoyer or Howard, I don't know how you say his name, Cody's name, but, you know, he Howard. gave up mm-hmm. Howard and, you know, he gave up a couple of, you know, big hits on Saturday. I mean, on Friday, that's what led to that loss. And, you know, Marshall's been kind of up and down too. So, you know, kind of, they kind of wasted that that particular start mm-hmm. by C's on Friday. I, I, I mean, on, on Saturday, you know, that's the first game in that, you know, the header, but – I think that, look, look, I think that this is something that needs to be, you know, like I said, this is probably going to be a problem. Not, not as big of a problem, but they look, the White Sox actually have the run production to kind of, you know, overlap the you know, whatever mm-hmm. pitching inconsistency that they get. But look, C's had a, had a nice start, but it was wasted. You know, Kopech had a great start too, you know, even though it was sort of literally a last minute start. You know, he actually pitched very well. I mean, I think, Look, I think if you're Kopech, he can kind of be that that you know that's that that you know last that back end starter that a lot of people thought he would be. So, you know, hopefully, I want to see how he do, how he does. You know, if they do let him, if Lewis do let him start, you know, in the later games, but we'll we'll, we'll see in in that sense. And and look, like I said, the pitching, you know, the middle relief pitching has sort of been kind of the issue we all thought it would be. But mm-hmm. look, 
it's a long season. I'm not too worried about it. You're 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 kind of you're right. You're right under 500 in a a central division. AL central division is actually turned out to be kind of, kind of competitive that we thought it would be. We'll talk, talk about that in a second. But you know, look, I think you got to be feeling pretty good. I mean, the Red Sox have had a hot start. Um, I, I, I one more because JJ Martinez. I think, I think he just had another home run to it, or drove in another another, <laughs> uh, another uh, runner. I don't know. I mean, Devers has playing been playing very well for them. You know, Hernandez was playing very well for them too. So that 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 we'll get to them in a second. But that Red Sox team's actually been pretty good. But back to the White Sox for a second. I mean, look, I think you got to be feeling pretty encouraged if you're a White Sox fan. Yes, their record could be better, but you know, it it, it is what it is. Also, too, you had to take a look at the return of Tim Anderson. He he's been on fire since he Big returned spark. to uh, to action last Thursday against Cleveland. Of course, he had a home run in the game one of the doubleheader on Sunday. Yeah off a of first pitch in Boston and yep. his, his defense, uh, hopefully he could become solid as the season goes along, but at the play, he hasn't missed a beat. Luis Robert too. He's starting to come on as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, his defense has been okay at, since the first week of the season. I expect his defense to get better, but at the play, he's been swinging a hot stick too. So there's, like you said before, there's some encouraging signs coming from this office. The office is not going to be a problem. It, it of course, uh, there will be time. There will be times that they cannot take advantage of of runners in score position. All teams go through that. It's a stretch you, that you just don't have it. But overall, this offense is not going to be a problem for the White Sox. It's just that that middle relief, like you said, Lakina, which has been a, a big hole to start this season. I'm not going to give up on them just yet. Remember, I was screaming about uh, Liam Hendricks, the closer, mm-hmm. a couple of episodes ago. He's mm-hmm. starting to turn it around. Like you said, Evan Marshall, he started to turn around last week. So I'm not as down on them as many people are. But uh, the Sox need to sure they up. They have time, but they need to turn it around here quickly. So like I said, I'm not going to throw the uh, baby out with the dirty bath water. So uh the Sox, can they be better? Yes, and I think they will get better. But right now, don't get down on them. Then right where they have played. They're right where they should be right now at this they're, point. They're right where they should be. As a pro football for, uh, former head coach Bill Parcells uh, famously said, your record, you, you, you are what your record says you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Say that five times fast. Um, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't. I, look, I totally get it. And, and like I said before, I mean, I think you should be encouraged. That's a look. That's a hot Red Sox team right now. And look, you know, you split the series with them. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Look, you're you're sort of trying to get everything, you know, sort of shored up. I mean, the what the you know, the offense of the White Sox isn't going to be an issue. That that like I said, that's we've said this multiple times. That's not going to be the problem. It's going to be the middle relief, you know, with Marshall and Uday and them. So and it, it, it's just look, I I I think people should just chill. I've seen we look, we know a lot of White Sox fans, and you know they're already freaking out, like, well, this team sucks, and the Russo should be gone, and. I think we're going to be saying this a lot during the season. People should just chill out, okay? <laughs> like, I, I just, yeah. it, it's crazy. Yeah, like I, like I always say, especially when you read uh, some people's comments on social media, you listen yeah. to all the talk shows, <laughs> just take it with a grain of salt. Uh, it, it, there's a lot of overreaction, and just trust your own eyes and have uh, make your own judgments yourself. You have to watch the games, uh, listen to them for yourself, because people's opinions sometimes can uh, – be led astray, so I 
you know, you could just take what people say, especially on social media, with a grain of salt. Now, looking at the White Sox schedule, they start a, a quick two-game series in Cleveland tonight. If you listen to us on our podcast version, which is Tuesday, uh, both games, both tonight and tomorrow's game, which is Wednesday, will start at 5, 10 p.m. Central Standard Time. Carlos Rodon will start the first game against uh, Dan Plesak's uh, yeah, um, nephew. nephew. Yeah. Um, Zach Plesak, of course, he was a part of that game <laughs> on uh, last Wednesday with the no-hitter. The Sox uh, tattooed him for eight ones. We'll see if that history repeats itself. But, of course, there's, there's an open spot for Wednesday's game for the White Sox in terms of who's going to be the starter. But uh, hopefully, Lakina, you should not come out no worse than a split in Cleveland, especially, as I mentioned before, given the fact that the Sox split that four-game series with Cleveland here in Chicago last week. Hopefully you come out of there with a split and then you come home um, next weekend for a big three game series against Texas. Texas is a young ball club. Uh, they're not supposed to be good. You're back on your home turf. You should take care of business there. And then of course, by this time next week, you'll host Detroit for a big three game series. Yeah. So you got, you got, uh, uh, you have a nine game homestand coming up. That's with Texas, Detroit and Cleveland. Yeah. And, you should to be, wrap up the month going into May. Yeah, you should be able to kind of have a I, – I, I don't think it's reasonable to say that this team should not finish no worse than 500 at the very least against these teams finishing up the month. I, I just exactly. think that, I just think, yeah, you just have to – yeah, it would be disappointing if they, if they finish less than 500. That, that, there's no excuse. Really of course, isn't. the big injury news for the White Sox, of course, starter Lance Lynn yeah. uh, between games one and two on Sunday was placed on a 10-day injured list uh, with a shoulder injury. Hopefully, there's nothing serious with that. Of course, Michael Kopech, that's why he got the emergency start on Sunday. Um, Kopech will be uh, uh, in the starting rotation until Lance Lynn hopefully gets back soon. Lance Lynn will miss one start. Lakina, as we said in our last episode, uh, the plan is for Michael Kopech to start but with Rodon's no-hitter, it may have pushed those plans back a little bit. I know Kropak's in a rotation now on the emergency basis, but you kind of like to have those guys, uh, those in-between guys on your team. And this is what Michael Kropak is. This is what his role is right now. And, of course, you don't like any of your stars to get hurt and go on, on the injury list for any extended period of time. Hopefully, Lance Lynn will be okay. This is just a quote-unquote break for him. Yeah, if it is, so be it, so be it. But if it's any worse than this White Sox, I'm not going to say this White Sox team is in trouble, but, you know, with injuries and pitchers, you know, that's a double-edged sword. You don't want to play around with those things. Yeah, I'm hoping that that's the case. That, you know, he, he pitched mm -hmm. those first two starts. You know, he had a lot of pitches, so I'm hoping it's just mm -hmm. that like, his shoulder just needs a break. I mean, it could be also be 82. He's 33 now, so I, I think he'll be 34. Yeah. He'll be 34 in a, in a couple of weeks. But I'm hoping it's just a case. Good point. This this is just like maybe hey, you know, uh, look, he's 30, going to be 34. You got to kind of, you know, not not say have him on a pitch count, but sort of just like you know, kind of like not have like maybe 120 pitches is probably not a good thing for somebody of you know mm -hmm. his age because he has look, you know, you know he's had, you know, injuries before with his shoulder. So I'm, I'm hoping that that's just like, look, he just needs to rest for a little bit and he'll be back, be right back at it next week. I, I hope so. Let's, let's hope if you're a white sauce man, you're hoping that that's the case. Yes. You're listening to second city sports along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. So we're now 
go to the rest of baseball. Lakina, let's start off with the headline series from this past weekend, the Los Angeles Dodgers, the LA Dodgers. <laughs> Pardon my bad, Vince Scully. Um, the world champion Dodgers okay. take two out of three in San Diego. Uh, the Padres avoided the sweep on Sunday. Of course, the, uh, the Friday's action, the D. Let's see if we can get my computer screen up in here. The Dodgers won the opener 11-6 on Friday. Saturday's game was a classic 2-0, of course. Uh, the Padres got the best of the Dodgers in a 5-2 win on Sunday afternoon. Lakina, I watched just about every minute of that series via my computer. <laughs> but I know a lot of West Coast baseball doesn't get the attention that, is the, that it deserves, especially at, uh, at the start of the season. But yeah. this that series felt like a playoff series. I know San Diego is a little brother to – uh, the L.A. Dodgers, I know both teams, of course, play in the same state. They're in the same division. I know that the Dodgers swept in last year's uh, playoff series. But San Diego, I know they have a chip on their shoulder. But I don't consider this a rivalry until you beat that team that you're chasing multiple times. I know, like I said, the Padres avoided the sweep on Sunday. But the Dodgers, they didn't start all that trash-talking nonsense. They did what they had to do. They made the plays when they had to. And their starting pitching was stellar this weekend. So they deserve to take two out of three from from the Padres. Now, the Padres ball club, I st- still think they're going to be good, but they still have a little bit of ways to go to get over the hump of catching the Dodgers and beating them in that division. They needed that. They needed that. The Padres needed that Hosmer um, Hosmer uh, RBI late, I think, because mm-hmm. they they because they were about to get swept. So thankfully, you know, he yeah. was able to kind of save that series for the Padres. And look, I think the Dodgers, like like we've been saying these last you know first couple of weeks of the season, they're showing you why they're the number you know they're the defending champs. They're showing you why they are they have the best record in the majors right now. You know, they're 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 pitching. Their hitting has been really good. I mean, Justin Turner has had some timely hits. Mookie Betts, you, you we saw that that great catch. That he had that could have tied yes. had he had not had that not had not timed that thing just right. That would have tied mm-hmm. the game that would win to extra. So just you know, just an amazing catch by him. Show you why he's one of the top. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was Saturday's game. Saturday on Saturday. So you know, it, it just I, you know, look, I think I'm not look. I, they they play again this weekend, which you know, next week I guess I say, which is sort of like weird because you have your two rival division rivals playing each other that early this season. I know some people are like, wait a minute, they're playing again. All right. Look, it's all for like, you know, COVID, you know, restricting the COVID and the travel. Mm-hmm. So that that's why they're doing that. If you look at the other divisions, they're doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not, not a big thing. So look, I, look, I think this, this could be a really good robbery. But like you said, so they need to, they need to beat them like in the playoffs. They need to beat them like in, they'll have more series against them. So, uh, again, you know, the Dodgers aren't really, they're letting their game do the talking, which I think I appreciate that. They're not like trash talking mm-hmm. the Padres. They're like, look, we're, we're just going to do our thing. And look, hopefully, you know, this could be a start of a really good rivalry. But, but like I said, mm-hmm. I mean, look, the Padres needed that, needed that win on Sunday to, you know, save off the sweep that day. Just, that was just a great series all around. Here's the thing about the Padres. You look at those three games uh, from from the weekend. They had a chance to win every last one of those games. So I don't think they're that far away, but they just got to get over that hump. I thought Friday's game they were going to win, especially after Fernando Tatis Jr. uh, hit that home run in the fifth inning. Of course, he had a – he had some bad moments on the field too, especially in that first game on on Friday. But – 
Uh, you had other players like Machado and, like you said, Hosmer came through and then went on Sunday. So they, they have players, and don't forget Will Myers as well. So mm-hmm. they have players that just got to get over that hump. Now, I want to talk about Saturday's game for just a moment, Lakina. Those was a great pitchers duel between Clayton Kershaw yes. and Hugh Darvish. Hugh Darvish kept the Padres in that game. And it goes to show you that this Dodgers starting pitching staff is – uh, right along with the White House could be the one of the best, if not the best staff in base starting staff in baseball. Okay, now if you're the Padres, uh, uh, just just like I uh, always say about the Chicago Cubs, you know you can't depend on your power all the time. You got to be aggressive, take walks. You know, be aggressive on the base pass, create runs th- that way. So you have to do that, especially against good starting pitching. You're not going to face everybody's trash third, fourth, and fifth starters. You know, you you had to be aggressive against these uh, top pitchers in, in baseball. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, look, I think this is why they kind of went for it. They're going for it now. And, and, and mm-hmm. look, like I said, as the season goes on, we'll see. I mean, like the Padres have kind of been up and down. So they're 10-7 they're and seven as of this recording. So <laughs> I – I don't look. I don't think they're going to be there long. I think they'll be right up there with the Dodgers. I mean, they're not. I don't think the Dodgers are going to run away and hide from the NL West because I think that there's too many. You know, Padres are too good. So we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, look, those are some very entertaining games, and I just hate that they're late at night because you know you know how East Coast folks are. You know, trying to say, well, it was uh, it's too sleep. I don't care about the West. But look, we got some pretty good teams out there in the NL West. You know, and the one of them is the defending champ. So mm-hmm. I think people kind of need to get out of there, get their heads out of the sand, and get out of their skis and just. Watch some West Coast baseball, folks. Yes, I know next Sunday's game will be on ESPN as part of the Sunday Night Baseball Showcase. So at least there's one game it will be on early in prime time. Oh, yeah, we'll see how we'll see how both teams are by that point. So that should be very interesting. So who else in the, in the majors is impressing you so far, whether it's team, player? Uh, just before we get to that, Lakina, I just want to uh, send this out. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, I was looking forward to that series against the Anaheim Angels this past weekend. Of course, they are missing some games because due to COVID protocols, because yeah. a couple of their players have uh, COVID-19, hopefully things will get better for that organization and that team uh, very soon. Uh, a couple of things that uh, that caught me by surprise, the New York Yankees, as you mentioned at the top of the show, they are 5-10, and 10, their worst start since the 97 season. Yes, I'm not worried about the Yankees. They'll get it together. Wow. Are they as strong as people, maybe some people had thought coming into the season? No. But I think more them than the White Sox – the Yankees will need their offense to uh, keep them up uh, their head above water. As I told you, I think Toronto's going to the playoffs this year, representing the wild oh, yeah. card. I look, and I look. Toronto's look good so far, but I know they lost on Sunday to Kansas City. Yeah, but the Yankees need their offense more than ever with their players getting older now. Aaron Judge, you know, has had his injury issues. John Carlos Stanton, he's an older player. He's home run or nothing, but he's had his injury issues as well. Outside of Garrett Cole in their, in their starting rotation, who else is going to step up? So they need their offense more than ever. Well, and look at the numbers. I mean, you know, the 5 and 10, like you said, the worst starts is 97. The OPS is 642. That's the worst since 73. You mm-hmm. know, 20, uh, 20, uh, 210, you know, batting average, 1968, that was the worst. And their worst ever, strikeouts, 139. They've been struck out 139 times mm-hmm. as of this recording. So, again, I mean, look, I don't want to freak out. I know Yankees fans, and I, I follow a couple of media people, you know, who cover the Yankees on Twitter. Some of them are mm-hmm. freaking out. So, I, I think, look, I think 
people need to kind of like chow for a second. Maybe it is the weather. <laughs> Maybe it is the weather. I don't know, but you know, you got to be more mindful and you got to like, you know, not go for the home runs. I mean, look, a lot of these guys are older. I mean, like you said, Judge has been having his injury issues. Stanton has had his injury issues. So I, I just look. I think that I'm not worried right now. I don't think Yankees fans should be worried, but. But like you said, it's just un- un- unfortunate that this is. But like I said, I mean the, the AL East. I think we're. It's I think it's showing that that's a pretty competitive division. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see. I mean, and as far as like you said, said about the um the the Twins and A's series. I mean, it's unfortunate that we weren't able to you know get that series because that would have been a very entertaining one. But let's let's hope that they can get together, and I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm sure they'll, uh, those games will be made up. I'm sure later in the season. But it's always a bummer when that happens, especially when they come, you know, with you know with COVID and such. Yeah, uh, going back to the NL Central, Lakina, I know we talked about that division. It will probably be a mediocre at best uh, for this uh, season. I did catch some of the Sunday's action between the St. Louis Cardinals and the Philadelphia Phillies. If you're a Cardinals fan, should you be worried about that right now, even though as of this recording, you're one game under 500? I, I Look, like we said before, I mean, yes, they've got a good offense. You know, they're led by Arenado and such, but they're pitching. We've said it before. They're, they're, we said it during our, our, our uh, divisional breakdowns. The pitching was going to be the thing that's going to keep St. Louis from going to the promised land. And, you know – I wouldn't worry. I mean, I think we'll see how they do. I mean, you know, do you really think that Cincy's going to keep up? I mean, they lost, you know, their, their series, but you really think they're going to be able to keep up with what they're doing. They're nine and six right now. As of this recording, do you really think the Reds, you know, the Brewers are kind of up and down. So you don't know which Brewers mm-hmm. team you're going to get there too. And look, I mean, the Pirates have kind of hung in there, but again, they're going to, they're probably expecting to only have like about 70 some wins. So no one's really expecting anything from them. So, mm-hmm. but like I said, I mean, that, that, that division is terrible. Like I said, the Cubs are still in it. Like, I know it sounds weird for, <laughs> that sounds weird yeah. for some, for Cubs, for some Cubs fans, but you know, it, that, that's kind of how it is. And that, that NL central. You're listening to second city sports along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That's me. As we now transition to talk about basketball, Lakina, since we have these few minutes left, we'll start off with the Chicago Bulls. We'll have the weekend recap of the NBA coming up in our next segment, but let's finish up this segment with talking about the Chicago Bulls. Their last game was uh, this past Saturday night. They defeated the Cleveland Cavaliers 106 to 96. Uh, they're still going to miss uh, superstar Zach Levine uh, for, I believe six more games, uh, due to his, uh, protocol of COVID-19 contract tracing. Uh, Nikolai Vujicic scored 25 points and grabbed seven rebounds and five assists for the Chicago Bulls. Laurie Marketing Lakina, I want to pound my fist. <laughs> he scored 14 points, but I thought he should have done better, uh, the time for development is over Lakina. I know we said this coming into the season that this is a player evaluation season, and it still is. Mm-hmm. If you didn't know about that, about those trades that took place at the trade deadline last month, I don't know what to tell you. Mm-hmm. It was a big, important win on Saturday, Lakina, for Chicago. But uh, the next several games is crucial, especially without Zach Levine. Uh, this is really going to tell their um, tell their season right here. I still don't believe they're a playoff team, especially without Zach Levine for this next stretch of games. It was an important win against a bad team at home on Saturday, but I need a few guys for the Bulls just to step up now with the absence of Zach and Laurie Marcus at the top of the list for me. 
it's all like he's playing for a contract, so you would think he'd be mm-hmm. a little more productive and be sort of like you know a guy like a guy that we've seen guys play that's playing for contracts. I mean, mm-hmm. I look. I think mentally, I think once you know Wendell Carter Jr. and Gafford you know got traded, I think that some of those guys were probably like because I was telling this to some of you know my Matt Peck and Dave Watson, you know friends of the show, also John Say about who we hope to have on at some point. From the you know, the Bulls outsiders on on hot hot mic and I think that mentally I think Lord Market I think is is just gone mentally. And that, and that's a yeah and, a and that's a problem yeah that's a problem because uh, uh, there's more minutes for you now especially now with Zach Levine gone this is your time to step up and take a look at the box score from Saturday's action you only played 26 minutes you scored 16 points i said 14 but he scored 16 points off of 12 of 6 shooting including 3 of 6 with three point range the stats look good uh on paper but you you have to be more aggressive and play with more within yourself i know head coach billy donovan was kind of alluding to that after the game on saturday uh i want to see more I hate to use this word. I want to see more dog in Laurie Marketing. Do you want it? I know that's been a question that's been floating around about him uh, around the people within the organization ever since he's been here, especially the last couple of years. You know, do you have that dog in him? Are you that type of player that that can not say not necessarily put the team on your back, but just kind of step him and say say, hey, I'll carry you guys. I'll do what needs to be done to help my my team win. Right now. It, we're just not seeing it, not not on a consistent basis, uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I've been look, I, we've been talking about this at nausea for weeks now, Sid. We, you know, I've been very disappointed in Laurie Marketing. I would thought that, look, like I said, this is a guy that's playing for a contract. You would think he'd mm-hmm. be a little more productive and be a little more aggressive, and we're just not seeing it right now. And look. I, I I really don't know. I'm I'm kind of done with Laurie. I think I think mentally, like <laughs> but, but, now you're coming around to what I said a couple months ago. I'm done, done with him. <laughs> but like I think mental, I think mentally, I think he's just gone. I think he knows that AK and Mark Eversley are not gonna bring him back. So once he signs an offer sheet, that's done. They're not gonna match it. You know, they'll they'll go to some mm-hmm. somewhere else. But at the very least, at least make it like play like you want to stay here. Play like you want to be a part of the future plans of this team. I think if you at least want to do that. I want to talk about Kobe White for a second. You know, he's had mm-hmm. he only had eight points in that game against the Cavs. But you know, look, he made some. Look, you know, he had nine assists. So I think this is sort of like this. But you know, a couple of games before he scored, I think like fifteen, sixteen points. I don't have the, the numbers mm-hmm. in front of me. But look, this is a this is a Kobe that we were expecting. And look, is he a point guard? No, but I think this is sort of like this is the guy that you know we thought that we were gonna get. And like I was telling you, know, the guys over at the Bulls up the Bulls Outcast that look. I mean, I don't think that I don't think AK and Mark obviously know what to do with Kobe just yet. I think they're kind of doing a wait and see approach with him to see mm-hmm. where he fits in this system and. Look, I mean, Tice had a had a nice, you know, made some big stops and mm-hmm. had a couple of big threes. Um, Garrett Tipple, you know, back you know back in the lineup, he had eight points. Denzel Valentine had thirteen. I know that Matt's favorite player, Denzel Valentine. <laughs> he had a good performance on Saturday. It was about time for him to show up, at least on the scoring sheet, uh, double digit wise. Absolutely. So, well, yeah, look, a nice sort of balanced scoring, and that's what you want. You know, mm-hmm. I think that I think you know for for you know morale and also for psyche purposes, especially since they lost to the T Wolves. So, I think you know, <laughs> being a bad team, I think okay, yeah, we can be bad team. So, yay. 
whoop de doo Yay. Also, too, let, let, let's not forget about uh, Patrick Williams' 12-point performance uh, as well from Saturday. Lakina, he was very aggressive. He had four rebounds total. He was a, a plus three. He also had a big block, uh, a block shot in there as well. Garrett Temple, as you mentioned, had a good game. But that is young continues to uh, impress me with his uh, yeah. with his performance. I know he had five points on Saturday, but he's that veteran uh, presence that you need in, in terms of um, uh, transition over to a competitive team, especially with this uh, young squad, squad like the Chicago Bulls. So uh, Daddy's Young's been, been the man in terms of his role all season long. Hopefully the Bulls can continue uh, with that trend because they're going to need it because – uh, as as of this recording, they'll start with their road trip against Boston. Of course, that game will be already been played by the time the audio version is out. Uh, of course, uh, Wednesday, they'll be at Cleveland again for the rematch. And then, of course, Thursday, they'll come here to host the Charlotte Hornets at the United Center. Of course, Saturday, they'll head to Miami and for a quick two-game series Saturday and then next Monday in Miami. So a tough stretch coming up for the Bulls for this week. You only have one home game out of those previous six games I just mentioned. Yeah, it should be very interesting. We'll see how this team – this is sort of like a positioning because – Everyone else, we'll talk about it late a little bit, but, you know, Toronto's been playing well. Washington's been playing well. <laughs> and I think having, you know, with those teams who are breathing on your necks to get into that, those play-ins, I think, look, you gotta, look, you gotta, let's go, let's get going here. So, look, mm-hmm. you know, Cleveland, you know, you should be able to win that game. Charlotte, Charlotte, you don't know what Charlotte's team, you're, you're, you're both kind of similar, mm-hmm. the, the Horns and the Bulls, so you don't know which Charlotte team you're going to get. Miami, I mean, that'll be an interesting game, too. That's always, we'll talk about Miami and the big win they got. Yeah. <laughs> you know, over the weekend in a second. Also, the Knicks. The Knicks have been pretty, pretty good lately. But again, I'm I'm seeing parallels here. Here, Sid. Uh, we'll, we'll, again, we'll talk about we'll talk about yeah. it in a little bit. Me but, too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about it in a in a sec. But you know, yeah, Milwaukee coming up next Friday. So yeah, so a pretty a pretty like you know kind of even games. You know, winnable, but also some tough games too. So especially they're not going to have Levine for most of the most of that stretch. So I think you got to like. Mm-hmm. Look, that Cleveland win on Saturday was like a big boost, both physically and mentally, for this team. I want to ask you this question, Lee Keenan, before we close out this segment. Do you think, especially given the circumstances now, hopefully Zach Levine will be back within the next couple of weeks. But do you th- still think, and I hear, keep hearing Bulls fans um, talk about this on the radio stations here in Chicago. And I, I know keep, where you're going, but uh, keep reading this on Bulls Twitter. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this, will it be good for this squad to make the playoffs, even though probably half this roster won't be here next year? I still say yes. It gives some experience mm-hmm. and it gives the front office uh, a better look outlook for this team in the future because I said this after the trade deadline this management team is not done this is just a start folks and I think for them making the playoffs it would be good for them uh, tanking is not going to do it they trade away their two first round picks okay so let that go I still think it's going to be good for this team to make the playoffs in order to go where you need to go you have to experience some things like former head coach Doug Collins I think he still has a job out there with the Bulls organization he said this once during the broadcast you got to go through heartbreak to get to the other side and you cannot skip steps, especially in the NBA. 
Yeah, and I and, and I, I I'm so fascinated. Bulls Twitter is so entertaining. I mean, okay, it, so you got to take it with a grain of salt. You can't it, take everything so seriously. Well, yeah, and that, that 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 exactly. So I'm I'm look I look at the folks. It's like, well, you know, maybe they should make the playoffs, or maybe they should, or maybe they should trade Zach Levine. Maybe they should. I, I, look, I mean, people. I think people are like they like. I think they're suffering from a PTSD. I don't want to make fun of it because you know I I know. I have some friends in the military that have stuff that do suffer from it, but I'm, I'm, I'm using it in a sporting sense that, well, you know, they should trade Zach Levine or they should not make the playoffs. They should just tank, you know, tank for Kate Cunningham. And then and another thing, look, I think for, I think this is sort of, if they do make the, make the play in, which look, they're very likely, we'll talk about the series in, in, you know, later on, but Toronto, the Bulls, and the Wizards, you know, they're suddenly playing better. They're kind of that log jam for that, those last spots, those last couple of spots in the play in. So, I, I'm like, look, I think if anything, this will get experience. I think you can say that you make the playoffs. That if you're if you're fortunate that the Magic, you know, get into the top four, it's protected. That's yours. So you know, you can pray on that. Mm-hmm. And excuse me. And I and, and look, I think like you said, I think this will be. You know, it's more basketball. You have to see who you're getting. And I think if you're, you know, AK and Eversley, I think you're, you're you want to see. Okay, who is who are some of these guys that we can build around? Who is this? You know, who is it that, you know, okay, you got Vooch, you got Levine, okay, you know, Patrick Williams and probably Kobe White, those guys are set. I mean, I want to see mm-hmm. how Brown, you know, Troy Brown Jr. does, how Daniel Tice, who I'm a big, I'm becoming more and more of a big fan of, you know. Yeah, we'll, he's a keeper. Know, yeah, definitely. Um, Thad Young, we'll see, you know, he, excuse me, he's had a playoff experience, we'll see how he looks. I want, I want to see how these guys look just to see, okay. Who's you know someone you know that we can you know build on? Who where we can just let go? And I think that's what you want, especially if you do want to make the playoffs. You're an upstart team, because you know yeah you can yeah you can tank, but again what does that what does that leave? Like you said, said unless you get a unless you get a top four pick from Orlando, I mean there's really no sense in tanking. So I, I, yeah, I, tanking I, should be out the question. You know yeah if you if you're a Bulls fan, you want this team to. Uh, win as many games as you can, even though given the current circumstances, especially um, involving Zach Levine, uh, you, you want this team to get, be competitive. This is about the long haul. If they make the playoffs great, which I think they should, but this is about the long uh, about the long haul, about the future of this organization. And like you say, Lakina, you know, I keep saying this again. This was a player evaluation year anyway, so for, for the players players on that roster. Uh, your career is on the line, jobs are on the line. So you know, this should be more more than incentive enough to go out and, and do your best and win as many games as possible. You have a competent head coach in Billy Donovan. He's not the issue. No. Oh, no so it's, no. Up to the player, it's, it's up to the players to execute and go out and do their best. And I think that's what you want, right? I think you want some, <laughs> want, you know, those guys to sort of be kind of like that you know, be, be, be that, you know, be that sort of like that, that team that you, that you can build upon. I, I just think that that's what you want. And I, and I kind of feel like this is sort of a thing where I think that Bulls fans should be cheering for. They should be cheering for development. They should be cheering for, okay, who's going to be the best fit? Who, you know, because I think the, East, the Eastern Conference there, it's there for the taking. I think, look, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, the rest of the NBA in a little bit. But I, I think the Bulls, look, are there – Look, are they there up there with the you know, Philly and the Nets and the Milwaukee? No, no, they're not. They're not even like mm-hmm. in the four or five range yet. They're not. And I look, I think that this could be a good building block. It, it probably could be a good, you know, free agent destination for some of these free agents that are coming up. And you know, you can if you're fortunate to get that top four pick, even better. So I, I think, look, I think the playoffs is good for the uh, for the Bulls. 
is only for development, you know, for morale and also to the physicality and see how you measure up to some of these lower tier teams in the East and, you know, see what you can do. All right. Uh, segment number one is in the books. Segment number two is on the flip side. On the other side, we'll talk about the rest of the association, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the weekend. Of course, we'll also preview the, some of the key games coming up for this upcoming week. We'll get to Lakina's quick football nuggets. And we have another celebrity guest host for the TV show Jeopardy. We'll tell you who that is, plus a whole lot more. You're listening to Second City Sports along with Lakina McGee. Who is she? Which is she, I should say. I am Sydney Brown, which is me. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the second half of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Along with Lakina McGee, which is she, I am Sydney Brown. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80. That's S I D K I D 80. That's S I D K I D 80. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the IG. You can catch this broadcast via YouTube, Second City Sports, every Monday and Friday right here at War, War Media, I should say. Right here on YouTube at War Media, that's W-A-R-R Media. That's every Monday and Friday. You can catch the podcast every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. Once again, at W-A-R-R on Anchor on all podcast platforms. You can go to our website, weareregalradio.com for more details. And you can follow us on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. And and we are unapologetically fun. Lakina, let's get back into it. Uh, the rest of the basketball world had uh, some good games over the weekend in the association. Let's start, start off with last Sunday's game down in South Beach, Florida, where the Miami Heat prevailed over the Brooklyn Nets by the score of 109 to 107. Uh, Bam Adebayo, the former All-Star from a year ago, he had uh, the game winner that was part of his 21-point performance, 15 rebounds, and he dished out five assists. Kevin Durant for the Brooklyn Nets left the game in the first quarter with a thigh injury. Landry Shambert, uh, Shamit, I should say, stepped in his place and scored a game-high 30 points. Lakina, a quick takeaway from this is I, I was I was between watching that and the White Sox on Sunday. Maybe I'm overreacting, but I just don't trust this Brooklyn Nets team. When uh, I know James Harden also missed a game too. When will all three of the Nets superstar players get back on the court healthy for more than two games? That seems to be the thing, right? I was more annoyed uh, on Sunday after you know Kevin Durant. Um, Ran out with that thigh injury. I, I understand he's a superstar. I understand he's more of a priority. I know you want to have it completely healthy for the playoffs. I get it. But it's just like it's back and forth. It's like, oh, I get a hang now. I'm out for two weeks. Uh, I stepped on a finger now. I'm out for five days. It's like, damn it. Come on. Hey. Am I overreacting or do I do you well, think I have a legitimate concern? Well, the Spurs just got fined um, over the weekend for arresting their guys. So. You know, Greg Popovich, the head coach, has been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah. but And now again, you want to go find them? Okay. I know. It's, I know. It, it, it's crazy. But, yeah, look, this is sort of the system that we're, we're in with the NBA. You know, your guys, you know, they, they can take days off. I know they tried to limit that. But, of course, there was some pushback from the union. So they decided to get rid of that, of course. 
But then again, the Spurs got mm -hmm. fined over the weekend for arresting their guys. So it, it's just crazy. And, and, and look, I, I get it. You know, you're letting fans back into the, the, the arenas and you want you know, folks mm -hmm. to have a chance to sort of see the teams at full strength. Also, too, in this case with the Nets and, excuse me, the Heat, that, you know, it wasn't nationally televised, so that's why you were trying mm -hmm. to avoid it, but then it didn't, didn't happen. It actually it ended up being a really good game, and, of course, Anabio, bam, 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 you know, a great shot by him to to win yeah. it for the Heat. But but I think, like, as far as the Nets are concerned, I I, I just want to see I, – I don't know what to think about the Nets because we haven't seen them at full strength yet. That's the problem. You know, we haven't seen them at full strength yet, so I don't know how to assess this team because we have – not seen them all play together so I really don't know what to say I mean you know you know now Katie's got a thigh contusion and you know Harden is resting so I I really don't know I I really can't really break them down because we haven't seen enough of them together yet now I did watch their victory on Friday against the Charlotte Hornets so the Hornets gave them bad for uh, three quarters and then of course Brooklyn took over at home in the fourth but like you say, we truly don't have a, a true evaluation of the team because we haven't seen a full lineup together for more than a couple of games now. Kevin Durant did play the majority of that game on Friday, and he looked good. I, but I will say this about the Nets. Uh, I brought up the, uh, this name uh, early in the season. I like the job that Bruce Brown has been doing, is stepping in that small forward spot uh, due to the various injuries, especially to Kevin Durant. And also, too, uh, their – uh, their backup big man, Nicholas Claxton, he's been playing very well as of late, too. So, of course, you know, bringing Blake Griffin over via free agency and, and now due to re the recent retirement of LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Nicholas Claxton has been playing very well, too. So uh, if anything you want to take away from the Brooklyn Nets, a couple of the young guys that have been stepping in and stepping up all season long. Yeah, I mean, Shannon, I think that's a career high. That was a career high for him, you know, mm -hmm. 30 points, so off the bench, no less. So he kept, he kept those, he kept the, the Nets afloat, you know, once KD went out. And, and that, that, that's a good thing. But at, but at the same time, though, look, I don't know what to say about this Nets team just yet. We haven't seen them, you know, on a consistent <laughs> basis playing together. So I really don't know what to say about the Nets at this point. So, like, you know, let, let, let's move on, please, because I, I – <laughs> Because like I said, I mean, I, I, I understand what Steve Nash is trying to do. He's been there. He knows what, you know, mm -hmm. you want to rest your guys for the playoffs. And that, that's cool. But, you know, I, I, again, I really, you can't, we can't really like break them down and, you know, sort of like have a set, you know, a, a set sort of breakdown mm -hmm. of this team because we haven't seen them in the, as a whole yet on a consistent basis. Now, the first game of that Sunday doubleheader from ESPN, we'll talk about the other New York team, and that's the New York Knicks. They survived uh, a 122 to 112 win over the New Orleans Pelicans in overtime. Eric Bledsoe missed a uh, game tying shot in regulation. It turned out to be a, a very good game. The New Orleans Pelicans, uh, they're, they're one of those teams that you want them to get over the hump, but they just haven't been able to do that at various points in the season. Zion Williamson had a game-high 34 points. Julius Randle had 33 for the Knicks. Lakina, I like this New Orleans team. As I said all year long, I know they don't have J.J. Redick anymore. He was picked up by the Mavericks around the trade deadline. But I, they're not a playoff team. I want to see them in the playoffs, but the Pelicans are not a playoff team. On the flip side, as I said before, and you kind of reminded me, myself and the listeners too, because of the jam-packed uh, Easter Commons spots five through ten, the New York Knicks will make the playoffs. But they would have earned it because they're playing very well right now. You could argue, but that they've been playing better than the top couple of the top 
top-tier teams in the Eastern Conference since the All-Star break. Tom Thibodeau, a, a real head coach for that Knicks uh, franchise, has made a, a, a big difference. But besides Julius Randle, Norland's Norrell made a huge difference, especially yesterday with 12 points and eight rebounds. Uh, R.J. Barrett, even though he scored 18 points, he looks like he's starting to come on too. Yeah, and I, and I think this is what you want. I think that was some Knicks, Knicks fans have been waiting for. And I think, look, Julius Randle, I think if, if he doesn't at least get a mention for a most improved player, I, I think that that's sort of crazy. Mm-hmm. But, look, I mean, he's played, he played 47 minutes. I mean, it, it, look, he scored 33, which is probably one of the uh, – not, not, it's not a career high, but it, it's right up there. Mm-hmm. And, and, look, I think – look, if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be feeling pretty encouraged by, by this and what they're doing. You know, R.J. Bear has been, been playing very well. Um, Norris Noel, we kind of you know, we're finally starting to see his potential in, in some ways. And, and look, I, I like, look, well, D, D Rose actually been a difference maker. He scored 23 off the bench in that yes. game. So, shout out to him. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, look, it, it, it's, it's fine. It, look, I, look, I think, I, I think, look, I think Knicks fans should be feeling pretty good about this team. But I, I think, like you, but I think, like you said, we just don't know how they're going to look in the playoffs. Like, will this team have enough left in the tank? That's going to be the thing. It's also going to be about matchups too. Once they're in the playoffs, like who they're going to mm-hmm. be, who they're going to be pitted against. You know, you could think you could be played pitted against a lower seed and then lose. We've seen it before. So, I I don't know. I mean, look, I think if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about you know this team at this point. But again, it's only the first year. We've seen it before in Chicago. This offense we've seen it before <laughs> with the T Wolves. So I, I think that look, I think you can you can enjoy yourselves for right now, Knicks fans. Uh, reviewing a couple of key games from last Saturday as we go a, a day uh, a day back. Uh, the Lakers had a big 12-point win over Utah in front of a national uh, audience. Andre Drummond returned to action, scoring 27 points, grabbing eight rebounds. The Wizards, as you talked about, Lakina before the break, they started to play well. They beat the Pistons by 21. Uh, the primetime game on ABC uh, from last Saturday, uh, the Celtics are on the current uh, on the current winning streak as of this recording. Uh, they defeated the Warriors 119 to 114. Jason Tatum with another big game with 44 points, 10 rebounds. Steph Curry had a game of his life. <laughs> it always seems like every time he touches the ball, uh, it goes in. He had 47 points to go along with seven rebounds. And the Memphis Grizzlies picked up a huge win, defeating the Milwaukee Bucks by 13 in Milwaukee. We'll, we'll start with the uh, the Warriors Celtics game for a second. You know, Tatum, you know, he joined Larry Bird as the only Celtic with multiple 40-point, 10-point rebound games at mm-hmm. 23 or younger. He had, like, I think he, I think Bird had, like, three or four when he was younger, so that that's just crazy that, you know, Tatum was able to do. Also, Steph Curry, he's the third player, 33 or older, to record four 40-point games in a calendar month, joining guys like MJ and Kobe, so that's a pretty – another big accomplishment for him the fact that he's still doing all this at 30 and you know his early 30s is just remarkable as much as you know much wear and tear as he's had right now he's still playing at a high level so you got to commend him for that also Westbrook I mean his 25th you know he has 25th triple double on Saturday (laughs) you know it's his fourth you know fourth season with at least 25 triple doubles that's the most in NBA history also 10 shy of matching Oscar Robertson for 100 you know, he has 171 right now as of this recording. So just it's amazing that what these guys are still doing at a high level, you know, you know, Westbrook's now over 32. So I, I, it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. And as far as the games itself, themselves, I mean, look, the Lakers really needed that win for morale. You know, I know they were, I, I, I know that they were, you know, the, the Jazz were, were without um, 
Mitchell because you know mm-hmm. he's you know thankfully for him it's not a serious injury but he will miss a lot of you know multiple games so we'll see how far you know how mm-hmm. far they go with that but but like I said I mean look Drummond's you know doing exactly what you know, the I'm sure Lakers fans were expecting to do also Schroeder KCP I mean you know that that's who you want those are the, that's sort of like mm-hmm. the guys you want to step up because you're still we're still about a week away from um, AIDS, oh, well, Anthony Davis and LeBron. I got to make sure there's, there are two ADs now, so I got to make sure I know who, which one I'm talking about. But look, I think yep. for the Lakers, I think, look, that's a nice win to kind of boost, you know, the sort of a nice confidence boost. Because a lot of people thought the Lakers would be in free for all and that they'd be fighting for that spot. They stayed pretty good. They're right there in the top five. So, and you have to imagine once, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron do come back. You know, maybe they can. Oh, you'll take a few games, but maybe they can kind of get back into it. And you know, that, that, I saw that Memphis game. You know, Grace Allen had twenty six. I know. Look, I know he's not everybody's favorite player for whatever reason, but except yeah. for you, Coach K. <laughs> yeah, other than if you're a Duke fan, but I mean, look, that was a nice. That's probably probably one of his best performances. So, you know, you, you, I, I like this Memphis team, and they look, they're kind of in a log jam in the Western Conference, but. Look, they they look pretty good. That was a pretty good, you know. You know, look, that's no slouch being the, the Bucks. That that's not. You got to commend them for that. Yeah, you have to commend them for that. As, as you mentioned before, the the Western Conference, uh, that seventh to tenth spot, that is a long gym as well. If you're the Lakers, you had to avoid that. So that victory over Utah over the weekend was very important. I want to highlight a couple other games from from uh, this past Sunday. Uh, the Mavericks, uh, is speaking of them, they're around that 6th, 7th spot. They had mm-hmm. a big loss at home to the Sacramento Kings, 121 to 107. I told I watched you. some I of told, that game. Sacramento just, you. yeah, Sacramento had one of those nights shooting, yeah. shooting from the field, especially from three-pointer three-point range. And De'Aaron Fox had a big game with 30 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luka Doncic uh, led Dallas with 37, but it was the Kings' night, and they pulled out the upset victory. Look, I look. I told folks. I said, "Look, don't look out for this game. This we look. We talked about in our breakdown. Mm-hmm. This was going to be a track game, trap game for the Mavs. And look, they had their own shooting. Yeah. I mean, Terrence Davis had twenty three off the bench. That's a, that's a career high for him. You know, we, of course, you know, Darren mm-hmm. Fox's performance too. Also, Harrison Barnes had twenty four. So and this was this was out. You know, Buddy Hill. He struggled. He only had two points. But also, too, I mean. Also, two Fox had 12 assists, which led up to those some of those points. So, that was a bad loss by the Mavs. And I like you hope that this is not one of those losses that comes back to bite them in the butt, you know, when it comes to seeding. But you know, mm-hmm. but that a n- nice win for the Kings, though, nonetheless. And shout out to the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, they took care of the Timberwolves on Sunday, 124 to 105. Kawhi Leonard had a big game. Paul George uh, had 23 points and seven rebounds. Nice, you know, nice performance by them against a pretty, it could be, you know, the team was a pretty scrappy, so I, I think that's a nice win for them. And, you know, the Clippers are kind of like quietly, you know, mm-hmm. I think, like, no one's really talking about them, which I'm sure if you're a Ty Lue, that's probably a good thing, because you don't want to, we saw what happened last year, so I think maybe that's a good thing that they're kind of like sneaky up here, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, you know, we'll just be over here, you know, doing our thing, and they've done just that. They've won eight of the last ten, so you got to you know, feeling pretty good if you're a Clippers fan right now. Um, look at the, the Suns. The Suns just got a failed opportunity to be to get that top seed right now with the Jazz losing to the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They got their butts kicked by the Spurs. I, I, I don't know if it was just, just an off night. I mean, it happens, you know, but mentally, 
I, I, you know, I, I really didn't know what to think of that game. When I saw the score, I was like, really? And then they didn't. And the thing is that they didn't have the, some of their top guys. A lot of their, some of their guys rested. <laughs> they rested some of their guys. That's how, yep. that's how the Spurs got fine. But they were able to beat them pretty easily. So I don't know what happened there. It's just one of those games in the NBA that some strange things happen sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Where strange happens, the NBA. <laughs> oh, you listen. <laughs> Yeah, you're listening to Second City Sports along with Akita McGee. I am Sydney Browns. We talk about the National Basketball Association. Before we move on, let's preview some of the key games for this coming week. We'll actually start with Tuesday's action. Uh, the TNT doubleheader, the first game, will feature the Brooklyn Nets and the New Orleans Pelicans. I think at this point, Lakina, we won't spend too much time on the Brooklyn Nets. So who's going to who's not going to play for the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, who's going to play? We just shall see about that. The second game of that doubleheader will be the Clippers and the Trailblazers. That should be a dandy. Portland starting to slip a little bit, especially yeah. after their loss on Sunday at Charlotte. They need to get back on track. Uh, at 6.30 p.m. Chicago time, you'll have the New Orleans Hornets traveling to MSG to take on the New York Knicks. Should be a fun one there. A couple of scrappy teams going at it. It's always fun to see. I'm looking forward to that Clippers Trailblazers game. Like you said, so they real, the Blazers mm-hmm. really need this performance, a good performance after just being hammered by the Hornets. And they, like you said, they have not been playing very well lately. And mm-hmm. we've been, look, we've been lobbying for this team to play well, Sid. So I don't know what's going on. Is it sort of like just going through a slump right now? But they need to get it together. They want to be kind of like avoid the play in, you know, out west because, you know, there's going to be a log jam there. Let's head over to Wednesday's action. Of course, the Bulls and the Cavaliers will face each other in Cleveland at 6 o'clock. But at the same time, on NBA TV, we'll have the Phoenix Suns traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Sixers. Should be fun. You know, you have Ben Simmons versus Devin Booker. You know, that should be a, that should be a lot of fun. And, you know, not going to say this is going to be the NBA Finals preview, but look, it, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be a fun game to watch regardless. On the second half of NBA TV doubleheader, you got Memphis versus the Clippers. We'll see if, you know, if Kawhi decides to take a game off, which, you know, it happens. But, you know, look, John Moran versus Paul George, that should be a fun one. Yeah, also at 9 o'clock, we'll have the Denver Nuggets taking on the Portland Trailblazers. It's a, a back-to-back home uh, situation for Portland. So they have Portland has two tough games. They need to get back on track if they want to avoid the play-in tournament. And going back to the early part of the schedule uh, for Wednesday at 6 o'clock Chicago time, the Golden State Warriors will continue their East Coast road trip as they'll take on the Wizards in our nation's capital. Westbrook versus Steph. That should always. That's always fun with those two play. Well, I think the first one's 150 points wins. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, also, also, I want to give a shout out to Denver. You know, Denver. They, they're, they, they've been two and one since Murray's injury. A lot of their, their bench guys have been mm-hmm. stepping up for them, helping out Jokic. So you gotta, you know, you gotta sort of, you know, give them props to that. We'll see if they can keep it, keep it up. Okay, let's go to Thursday night's matchup. Here you got Phoenix. I'm surprised that this is not nationally televised. I'm kind of surprised by that at six o'clock on Thursday. You got Phoenix versus Boston. That should be a fun one mm-hmm. over in Boston. Kind of surprised that they didn't get the national TV treatment, but you know, that should be a fun one. Nonetheless, I'll be watching this game via my laptop. <laughs> and also, at the same time, the first game of the TNT doubleheader for Thursday at 6 o'clock will be Philadelphia. The 76ers will travel to Wisconsin to take on the Milwaukee Bucks. There's Joel Embiid against Giannis Antetokounmpo. There should be two of the top five candidates for MVP. I think Joel Embiid is the leader in that in the clubhouse for, for that award. At 8 o'clock Chicago time, 
will be the Charlotte Hornets traveling to Chicago to take on the Bulls. In the second half of that TNT doubleheader is the Los Angeles Lakers taking on the Dallas Mavericks from American Airlines Center. They, these two teams have had their battles this year, and look, I think the Lakers, if they, if they can keep up that fight, and look, we've seen how Dallas can be at times, so that should, mm-hmm. should be a fun one there at 8.30 on TNT. I'll definitely be watching that. So let's go to Friday's matchup, Sid. You got the first game of that ESPN doubleheader. You got Boston and Brooklyn. That should be interesting. We'll see. If yeah, who's not, yeah, who's playing? Who's not playing for Brooklyn? Yeah, that's going yeah, to be, <laughs> be the bigger story, I think, right? I mean, who's not yeah. playing for, for the Nets? Uh, okay, is it, is it KD? Is it Harden or Harden is going to sell? Or is KD going to be playing? It's, it's just, just crazy. <laughs> it's just absurd. Yeah, well, that should be a fun one there, though. It could be a playoff preview. We'll see. Yeah, in the second half of the ESPN doubleheader on Friday, you'll have the different Nuggets traveling to Golden State to take on the Warriors. And at the same time, you'll have Memphis Grizzlies traveling to Portland to take on the, the, the Trailblazers. Big three games at home for Portland this week uh, if they want to make a move in terms of playoff positioning. Yeah, they want to Big avoid- game for both teams. Yeah, it's, well, well, for Memphis, you want to try to get in and sort of avoid the play and Also, you know, Portland, you know, you're, you're trying as much as you can to avoid the, the play-in. So, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot, like you said, a lot of positioning there. Yep, and then going back to that Nuggets-Warriors game, as I said before, Denver is a good team. Of course, they're going to miss Jamal Murray. Thank goodness mm-hmm. they did pick up Aaron Gordon, but Aaron Gordon's a good player, but he's no Jamal Murray. So, as I, we, as I said before in our last episode, it's going to be a total team effort. And Jokic is going to have to step his game up, but the rest of the team is going to have to help him as well. Yeah, we'll definitely be very interested to see how, how, how long can Denver keep this up. And will, will the mm-hmm. absence of Murray, will it be more glaring as the season goes on? I mean, that's why you did, you know, for Aaron Gordon, that's why you did make the move to get him. To, but then again, mm-hmm. you know... But it'll be interesting, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, let's go to Saturday, Sid. Um, the, well, this, well, the first game should be, well, it'll be interesting. Though. I mean, Toronto starting to kind of make a move to try to get into that playing game. They played New York. These two have had some pretty interesting uh, games this year. So it should be very interesting, though, in that first game. It's a noon game, too, on Saturday. So for make sure to uh, check the time there. And also, too, following that contest will be Philadelphia at Milwaukee. That'll be the second game of that two-game series. Uh, that'll be on ESPN. And, of course, that night the Bulls will take on the Miami Heat from South Beach. At the same time, at 7 o'clock, we'll have the Spurs and the Pelicans. The primetime game for ABC for next Saturday will be the Lakers at the Mavericks. They'll, they're they're going to finish up the two-game series there in Texas. Should be a lot of ball. Well, those games should be a lot of fun. Like you said, it's sort of like the for some of these games, it's sort of like the start of some mini series or sort of two game series. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it should be interesting to see how these how these games shake out because you never know with these kind of games, especially with COVID, and you, you just mm-hmm. never know. So, it should be interesting to see what happens with those games. Yeah, we're about a month or technically less than a month away from the end of the regular season. So, playoff positioning in these games are. are are very important. So uh, buckle up, folks. It should be fun during the last few weeks of the regular season. Lakina, since we have a few minutes left here on Second City Sports, uh, you have a couple of football nuggets that you want to share with us. Well, one news that just came across, you know, that came across on, on Monday, um, Alex Smith um, announced his retirement. You know, we saw, you know, he won Comeback Player of the Year last year in the mm-hmm. NFL and, you know, just, just had a really, a really solid career, 16-year career. We all saw what happened a couple of years ago with that horrible knee injury. And, look, we saw his 
you know, he had a compound leg fracture in 2018, mm -hmm. and a lot of people thought his career was already over after extensive surgeries and nearly having his right leg amputated, you know, after eight months of rehab and months and months. You know, mm -hmm. we saw, look, we saw his journey on the ESPN doc on the E60, and if you don't want to watch mm -hmm. how his leg looked before, I would advise you not to. But, um, you know, it just, you know, just an all-around, you know, great player. He's a great game manager for the 49ers, the Chiefs, and, you know, then with Washington. I mean, we'll see how, what his career takes him. Look, he's got a great personality. He could probably end up, he'll probably maybe ask to do some television perhaps, you know, maybe at a college or a pro because he, he had a great college career. He was at Utah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, look, I think, you know, I think we should give him kudos for not only a great comeback, but also a great career. Yeah, I know there was rumors out there that uh, if he was healthy enough, he could have been the Bears' next quarterback. Uh, I said at the time that was not a good idea. And so, like you said, he's going to retire. He could do whatever he wants to, whether it's media coaching, whatever. Um, I know he has enough money in the bank. I know he did this to not only prove something to himself, but show his kids, you know, you have to bounce back from adversity. That's the game of life. We all have to uh, go through some certain experiences to uh, to toughen you up, to uh, to wreak the benefits of the good on the other side. So congratulations to Alex Smith on a great career. I know he didn't get a Super Bowl, like, but not everybody's going to get a Super Bowl bowl, but it doesn't mean that his career uh, was invalid because it wasn't. It was a very good career. And to play one game in the National Football League is a privilege, not a right. So uh, he's done a whole lot more than a whole lot of people that had high expectations on him. They didn't come through. Yeah, so, so congratulations to him once again on a great career. Yeah, I know. I know he said that he thought that if he had been healthy, he would have played another year. But look, I think mm -hmm. I think the fact that he was able to come back, you know, from all the stuff he went through, you know, almost having his leg, like I said, I mean, that's a big, you know, achievement of itself. And like you said, so he'll, you can do TV if he wants to. You can even coach. You know, he's very technically sound. So I'm, I'm mm -hmm. sure, look, I'm sure a lot of the networks are going to be, you know, clamoring for him. You know, for like I said, for both mm -hmm. either pro or college. Like I said, he had a great career when he was at Utah. So, I, I yeah. look, the sky's the limit for him post football. I, th I think he'll be doing. I think he'll do just fine his post football career. I think. Yeah, and now, did you have anything else? Because I had a football nugget. Well, oh, well, well what was your football nugget? Oh, Jadavion, we didn't talk about this on our last episode. Uh, I forgot to bring it up. Jadavion Clowney, it looks like he's on his last legs. He signed a free agent deal with the Cleveland Browns. He's worth up to $10 million. Uh, his last couple of stops at Seattle, then last year at the Titans, he didn't really give them anything. I think this is his last stand. I wonder if Cleveland can get something out of him. I know he was a high draft pick coming out of uh, South Carolina uh, several years ago. Uh, due to inconsistent play injuries, he hasn't lived up to that expectation. I think this is his last stand. Let's see if uh, he could bring anything to that Browns uh, defense. I think this is his last stand. Yeah, it's been disappointing, especially the last few years for Clowney. So I'm, I'm, I'm look, I'm, I, I hope he can look. There's, a, there's a lot of, there's a lot of incentives. This is a very, it's a, it's a latent contract. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I hope he can fit in the system in, in the defensive system in Cleveland. But he's been, a, he's been very disappointing, especially with injuries and such. So I, I hope so. I mean, I'm gonna be cheering for him to, so maybe he can play well. But he hasn't played well in the la his last couple of stops. So I, we'll, mm -hmm. we'll see what happens. All right. Um, yeah, we shall see. All right. So um, Julian Edelman, we didn't get a chance to talk about this, Sid. Um, he's, he was officially released by the Patriots late last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it. But, you know, there's already rumors that he might go down to, you know, get the band back together down there in Tampa. In Tampa. 
you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but look, I mean, he has what, you know, 11, you know, 36 touchdowns in his career, um, 6,800, over 6,800 yards, you know, receiving yards, 620 receptions, you know, assuming that he doesn't play another game, is he a hall of famer? I say no, only because that he's uh, Hall of Famers are are for a special group of players that changed the game. Did he really change the game? No. If you really look at his career, he was a replacement for Wes Welker. They're basically the same player. Remember when Welker got hurt and then he injured, I believe it was back in 09. I know he stayed with the Patriots for a couple more years, but who was under his uh, who was under his tutelage to replace Welker? That was Julian Edelman. They're basically the same player. Now he had a he's had he had a very good career, but he wasn't really a game changer. Because I've been hearing like different people say that I've, I've heard some people say the way you say so, but some say, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. I think like people just, just we look, we can, you know, look, if this is the end for him, and like <laughs> he's had a great career and, you know, we'll, we'll see what he does and, you know, post football, if this is his last for him, <laughs> but it'll be, I just want to talk about it and see if you, how you felt if he was a Hall of Famer. Because I've been hearing like different, like, <laughs> you know, different you know, arguments from folks saying that he's not a Hall of Famer. So he is mm-hmm. or is or isn't. So and people having like different supporting details as to why. So just wanted to bring yeah. that up. Yeah, I'm like Fox Sports. Yeah, I'm like Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports Radio's Rob Parker. If I have to think about it or have endless debates, you're not a Hall of Famer. Yep, yep. So we'll see what happens with him and see if this is if this really is in for him. Uh, we will be talking about draft stuff later on this week. We know we got a couple of, you know, the draft is next Thursday, starts next Thursday. So we'll don't mm-hmm. worry, we'll have some, you know, hopefully we'll have some guests on to talk about it, you know, what the Bears, what the heck, what the heck they're going to do, because there have been rumors about what are they, what are they not going to do, but Mm-hmm. Again, we'll, we'll like I said, we'll, whether you know who's San Francisco going to take at three. I have mm-hmm. my own. I have my own. Um, I have my own thoughts about it. I'm going to save that for Friday. So, we'll yeah, s- same here, especially about the Chicago Bears. Uh, um, I'm shaking my head. I'll leave it at that. We'll break this down more on Friday. Get into more detail because. <laughs> I'm, I'm chuckling. This is how I if you if you if you listen to this show in Chicago, you know why I'm laughing. For those who don't, you we'll explain it to you on Friday. We'll leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. All right, Lakina, uh, we're heading down the whole stretch of this episode, and and let's talk about everybody's favorite guy, whether you love him or hate him, and that's Fox um, football lead football announcer who's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. He also still does baseball for Fox, and that's Joe Buck. And this is according to our friends at Awful Announcing. Fox announced that Joe Buck will guest host Jeopardy this summer. The Bucks run as host will take place in midsummer. It will not affect his baseball or golf schedule uh, with Fox. Uh, since the passing of Alex Trebek in November, Jeopardy has returned with a slew of guest hosts from all corners of pop culture, media, and sports, including Katie Couric, Dr. Oz, Ken Jennings, who was the longest tenure contestant on that show, and Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers just finished his sentence as guest host, which included plenty of enjoyable moments and kept his door open for more sports-related fun. Jeopardy will keep the sports references coming with, this, with the news that Fox broadcaster Joe Buck will be an upcoming guest host on the program. According to the New York Post, Andrew Marshall, not only Buck is going to guest host, but he could be in contention for the permanent job as well. Marshawn also reports that Pro Football Hall of Famers Hall of Famers run as host will take place midsummer, though it's unclear if he'll get one week or two weeks at the helm. 
Whenever it does happen, the stint will not conflict with Buck's schedule upcoming for the MLB and NFL games on Fox. While Buck's, Buck has plenty of critics, he's long since been proven that his aptitude for hosting TV programs, being able to banter with guests and interview subjects, making quips and roll with the punches, uh, he's, he has had high remarks according to some. As they did with Rogers, the show can hopefully throw in a few references to Buck's most famous calls and moments. As he's been the top head at Fox for baseball and football, he has called multiple Super Bowls and World Series. There are plenty of stats and trivia to be mined. Of course, we all really hoping that one of the answers is this NFL receiver once performed a disgusting had to have been scoring the touchdown that's referring to Randy Moss's butt-shaking performance in that 2003 playoff game against the Vikings and Packers. Buck will join other upcoming hosts on the schedule, and that includes Anderson Cooper, Bill Whitaker, Maya Bialik, for those of you that are aging older, Blossom, Zavanna Guthrie for NBC's Today Show, and Dr. Gupta, uh, Sanjay Gupta. That's, he's, yeah, he's from CNN. Lakina, we talked about this before we started recording. You wanted, I think, one one person that should be in that rotation that may end up getting the job. Tell us who that is. And those of you that that are that that is our age and older, you definitely remember this name. Yeah, there seems Lakina? to be yeah, there seems to be like a lot of you know folks. A lot of you know, no matter it seems like you know we're divided on a lot of things, but this is sort of like the one thing that people are kind of united on and. That is LeVar Burton, who, you know, for all the folks may know him as, you know, remember him as Kuta Kente, of course, from the original Roots miniseries. But yes. us, you know, us people our age and younger probably remember him as Reading Rainbow, also Star Trek, yes. also Star Trek Next Generation, you know, also various other things that he done. There seems to be, there. people have been lobbying for LeVar to be the, the, the host, you know, for years. This goes even before, you know, Alex Trebek, you know, May God Rest His Soul got, you know, got sick. There were rumors about him retiring. Somebody, mm -hmm. some people were saying, that maybe LeVar Burton will probably should probably be the the new um host of Jeopardy and that there's been a campaign about it that had like about like a half million you know folks you know sign the the, the petition in question he actually LeVar actually you know Mr. Burton actually shared that petition on his social media but mm -hmm. I, look I think he'll get his shot I, I I think that look they're gonna take their the folks they're gonna take their time you know mm -hmm. to get it right and look I think I think he'll get it shot later this summer, I think, because, look, I don't think they're going to announce a permanent host to, like, when they do their, their next season, which is probably not, which will be until, like, maybe, like, late September, mid to, mid to late September. I don't mm -hmm. think, I don't think Buck's going to get it because, look, you guys, Fox duties and such, you know, football and baseball, you know, the only thing that works now because, you know, they're not really doing baseball yet, you know, at, on Fox, you know, not till, like, about a month or two, so. You're right. All oh, the games are on cable right now of FS1. He's not doing all those games. They got other announcers doing those for the cable side. Right. And also, too, when, when the fall hits, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, preparation and stuff. So I don't like I, You know, I don't know if he wants to do all that. I think, I think for some mm -hmm. of these, look, I think for some of these people it's more for like, you know, I got some time to kill. Let, let's host Jeopardy. Like, you mm -hmm. know, Maya has got like, you know, she's like super smart, too. She's got like a Ph.D. in like, you know, I, I, I don't even want to try and announce what she has a PhD in, but <laughs> she's like super smart, you know. 
you know, maybe Eric Watson, maybe he's planning his post-football career after all this has been going on in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of the news, I think George Stephanoff is actually gonna, also going to be, you know, doing some, you know, filling duties. But, you know, when is he going to find, when is he going to find the time? And so I think for some mm-hmm. of these, I think for some of these folks, it's just a kill time. And look, I, I think they might, some of these folks might literally legitimately be, are being considered, but I just, I just find it very fascinating, you know, this whole thing. And look, I look, I'm gonna go down. I think the VAR will probably get his shot eventually, but I, look, who who knows? You, you never know how what's mm-hmm. going on behind the scenes. I know Mike Richards, who was an EP, who's long time EP. He's our, look, he did a great job when he gets guest hosted, but he's already said he doesn't want the job. So, you know that that he's that his his name mm-hmm. is now out. So, like I said, it's gonna be very interesting to see what direction they decide to go. I know they filmed those episodes a month or two in, in advance, but uh, I know it could work for Rogers, Aaron Rodgers if he really wanted to. I haven't checked out that one minute of that. I know I can find clips on social media, but I know they filmed those episodes at least a couple of months in advance, so I don't think it will bother too much if Rodgers, I know there was some debate that he could do both while he's still playing. Uh, if he could do that, so be it, but I don't know if he wants to do that uh, mm-hmm. while he's still playing. I don't and, um, know about you, but I, I don't know that he could pull that off. Now, I, look, I don't know if the Packers would be happy if he does that. I, I don't think he, mm-hmm. they wouldn't. Yeah, and it would be a lot, too, for him. For, we know he's pretty Because most of those episodes would be for him would be done in the offseason. But right. like you said, like, you know, most of those episodes premiere in, in September. And so he would have to film those episodes at least a month before training camp. And, mm-hmm. and you know, players like that time right before they get into training camp. And I don't know if he could pull that off. Now, he can film some episodes right in the beginning of the offseason, like February, March, and maybe early April. But after that, you're trying to get ready for training camp. And, so, I, and I know that the, those those shows need to film the episodes for the fall season. You don't want to film something from February that will be premiered like six months later. That just doesn't work that way in television. So. Yeah, it, but like I said, I think this is going to be a very interesting to see what direction they do go. Because, like mm-hmm. you said, as far as you know, the, the uh, Buck schedule, I think look, this this it could work for them. But again, they still got Fox still has like one more year of Thursday night football, so that's a that's mm-hmm. a lot, you know, for him to have to prep for the football. They have to do Jeopardy. They do. I think they do. I think in some cases do five shows a week, if I'm not mistaken. That's probably how some of the game shows do it. So. I I, mm-hmm. I just don't see them doing see him doing that at least not right at this juncture, but I, again look you never know and look a lot of the, like I said a lot of names that you mentioned are probably just they probably just have to get the opportunity and and, and some of them are probably just mm-hmm. doing it like I said to kill time. <laughs> I yeah, think, I don't think I don't think a lot of them are really literally seriously considering mean <laughs> getting the guest host, but who knows the new host? Yeah, I mean, but who sh- knows? Yeah, we shall see what happens in the coming days and weeks ahead. Lakina closes out. Okay, so also we want a quick shout out to, out to um, Michigan women's gymnastics. That's their first ever national title over the weekend, you know, for, for them in that program. Though they've been kind of like on the rise the last 10 or 15 years. So, correct. Also to, to Stuart Safer, which winning his first um, PGA Tour tournament, you know, he will actually in a couple of years, this is actually his almost 21 years to the day when he won his first RBC Heritage, um, you know, Heritage um, uh, uh, invitation. So congrats to him. He's kind of had a rough couple of years with his wife, you know, battling cancer and beating it. Thank goodness also injuries mm-hmm. too. So, you know, congrats to him and also shout out to the, the men, the, the women's gymnastics team from Michigan. All right. So on that note, you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena McGee on the IG. You can follow yours truly, Sydney Brown, on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0, S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. 
You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports. You can watch the premiere of the episodes right here on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at WAR Media every Tuesday and every Friday. Once again, every Tuesday and Friday right here on YouTube at War Media. Our podcast schedule still stays the same every Tuesday and Saturday at War on Anchor. That's every Tuesday and Saturday at WARR on Anchor, which gets you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and that iHeartRadio app on all podcast platforms. Type in, type in that search engine box, WARR on Anchor. And you can follow... Go to our website, weareregalradio.com. That's W-E-A-R-E-R-E-G-A-L-Radio.com for more information. And you can follow us on all social media platforms. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. Yes. All right, so, you know, stay warm out there, folks, especially here in the Midwest. It's going to be a little cold. It might be snowing right now as we speak in some, in, in some spots. So <laughs> welcome to late April in the Midwest, folks. But uh, look, but even still, you know, be safe, you know, be good to each other. And, you know, we'll, we'll talk to you again later this week. For Sid, I'm Lakina, and this has been Second City Sports Zoom Style, and we'll see you later this week. Until next time, hop!